Praise the Lord. You guys ready for the word this morning? Well, I'm not going to be bringing it. I have a very special guest here this morning, and I've mentioned this several times, but before I introduce him, um, I have two men of God that I uh, submit myself to that are mentors to me, that are men who call and check on me, and one, of course, is my pastor back home in, in Walker, Louisiana, Pastor Wes Courtney, and the other man of God who has encouraged me probably as much or more than anybody else in my life over the last five years is Pastor Hal Santos. Pastor Hal, if you would come, can we give a good oh. Christian Center welcome to Pastor Hal Santos? We're so glad that he's here. This Amen. Love you, brother. Thank, you. Thank you for being here. Amen. What a blessing to be here and an honor to serve your church and to serve, uh, get a chance to see people, I would say, uh, old friends, but that's when you know people for a short time, but I'm getting to know you where you're going to be lifelong friends, huh? And so uh, enough of the old stuff. I'll be 66 in June, and I know I I don't look a day over 64, do I? Thank you. Uh, I think there's an age, though, where you have to stop. You can stop uh, using deodorant and cologne and all that stuff. Is there an age for that? I was kind of hoping so because it, it gets old after a while. Because when you go back to being a teenager again, I tell you, senior citizens are just like having a youth group. You know why? You want to hear it really blunt? I was a youth pastor first. I, I uh, studied under uh, Brother McMasters, Pastor McMasters, Leah's uh, dad, and we learned a lot of things. I'll share some of those this morning. Learned a lot of things from him. But I, when we did youth, the youth are always concerned about romance. Senior citizens, just trying to be kind of nice. Somebody called me and said, how do you build a senior citizen ministry? I said, just like a youth group. Romance, they're concerned about what they're going to eat, when they're going to eat, and what they want to eat is very important. Their palate is very limited. I went to the doctor the other day, and he said, you had a little problem with your heart. It looks like you had a mild heart attack some, some time ago. So what he did, he put me on cholesterol pills. So you're concerned about what you eat now. How are you going to get there and how are you going to get back from church? And the wall, uh, Walmart and all those kind of things. I mean, come on, seniors, that's where it is. If you're over 45, you're a senior. So I told this guy, that's why you build your youth group around. They want to make, they want, they're making sure that you keep them busy and you keep them excited so that people in their family can just have their own time off. Don't raise your hand, but how many of us just drop our kids off and we leave because we want somebody else to take care of them? Once you hit 45, you start seeing, well, then you can become the senior citizen. You want somebody to drop, make sure they pick you up, and you're making their kid. Now the kids are starting to say, boy, I hope they keep them busy for about an hour and a half. I got stuff to do. <laughs> just kind of throw that out there. But before you start the whole thing, remember when your parents would buy you that cheap, brute uh, cologne and deodorant and all that stuff? Someday we just quit wearing deodorant as just we're going to boycott it and that's the end of it. Because it's not going to do you any good now because you got somebody you love to be around. You got somebody who drops you off. You got somebody to feed you right. You got somebody to, you know, likes to hang out with. And here's the fifth one is make sure you got allowance. I have two of my two grandsons, my two grandsons, my two grandchildren, uh, my grandson Finley. Stand up, Finley. And then our granddaughter, Remy. She's eight. He's 12. Can sit down now. This is a 
probably the biggest nightmare for Remy, Finley that I put him on the spot because I, he can sing better than any other family and all that, but I won't do that. But he, <laughs> it's really an honor for him to be here and to be a part of our lives. And there's something about children that really bring you new life, bring you new uh, vigor, but they're so different than each other. I tell you what, when we leave, I have two $20 bills, one for Finley, one for Remy. I give Finley a $20 bill. I mean, my grandmother used to give me $2. Back when you had $2 bills, you know. She, I wish I had all those silver certificates now, but she'd, she'd uh, hand us two. So we give them, I give them each 20 that I already have stuck in my wallet that I'm going to give to them. And they, uh, Finley will say, oh, no, 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 no. Remy will say, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Finley doesn't want his, oh, yes, 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 yes. And she still hangs on to that, you know. But it's good to have them here. But I want to say to you, Pastor and his wife are fantastic people. Coming on five years at Easter time where he would come and minister to you. I remember those days he would come minister to you while his wife stayed home, make sure to lock, you know, keep the kids this end, that whole thing, lock down the house, come this way, sell the house, do all the things that she uh, did. You just got to appreciate it. Uh, Miss Leah is very much on the ball. I mean, she's amazing. She is amazing. Uh, Pastor is a pretty calm guy. I'm very excitable. I get loud sometimes, and it sounds like I'm maybe yelling or whatever, but I guess I am. I'm just trying to get the best out of somebody. And uh, Pastor Jason, what a great guy. Always, uh, you know, they make a great couple. With the fifth year, where, where are the elders at? Stand up, elders. I know some of you are busy doing some. Where's the elders? Charlie's back to you guys. We're, stand up just for a minute. Any other elders? Turn around. These are the guys. Thank you for being elders. Thank you very much. Pastor and his wife talk very highly of the elders here and their families and talk about very highly this church, talk about how uh, it need, we're working on growing, moving, doing other things, seeing, seeing the next generation come in because there's a spot here for the next generation. I'll be talking that, about that. But you've got to appreciate the pastor and his wife. One is the pastor works with the elders, works with the church, works in the community, but the pastor's wife is the golden one. You know Why? They work with the elders, they work with the church, they work in the community, and they put up with the pastor. <laughs> so church, when you think about their five-year anniversary, I know you're probably already thinking about this. I might be out of line by saying this. If I am, forgive me uh, if, you, if you want to. If you don't, it's okay. I still would like to go ahead and say it, is that uh, they uh, plan some kind of time, take a month off, or do something uh, really dynamic during that time. Five years. Why is that? A pastor called me, a young pastor called me the other day and said, I'm going to a new church. What advice would you give me? I said to him, the first year, they idolize you. You can do a lot of things. They love everything you say. Second year, they criticize you. Third year, they crucify you. And if you can make it to the fourth year, from there on out, you're learning each other, you're growing. And when you make it to that fifth year, you're really starting to see everything form together. You have this voice in there. Your family has, you have this voice going on. But the people that are the greatest people in the church are their kids. They are magnificent. I saw Hudson yesterday. He is a man child. (laughs) And their daughter, almost 18. I mean, she is beautiful. And as I say to guys, it's a good thing to have a good-looking mother. Is that it is uh, just a blessing for Pam and I to be here. My wife Pam stand up, and our daughter Jamie, who's now 40, and I can't believe it. Not my wife, I mean our daughter. 
But I want you to uh, look with me to Psalm chapter 41, excuse me, Psalm 71, verse 18, if that's on your electronic device. Who'd ever thought we'd live long enough to be in the Jetsons? How many of y'all remember the Jetsons when you were a kid? Talking their phone on their watch, electric car, the whole thing. So here we are, your electrical device. Look, take a look at it. Uh, Pam and I have been involved in the church, as you know, uh, the 37 years. Uh, we're going to be stepping away in time to uh, see God raise up. God is raising up somebody else to be the next pastor, and so that is really going to be that's going to be a blessing. And we're seeing that God is uh, moving, is stepping into some other things. But this scripture here, Psalm 71, verse 18, really brings it home. What I want to share with you, because unless we follow this tool that God has given us, unless we bless this gift, give direction to this gift. Show this gift that's among us how to get there. They won't get there on their own. There's a lot of people looking to take them right out of our midst, to snatch them right off from, right underneath our noses, as we used to say. There's a lot of, lot of people and organizations and different things that want to get all their attention, get their money, be driven by it. But in Psalm 1, I have my, daughter, my granddaughter's uh, adventure Bible. It says this. Even when I am old and gray. How many of y'all are in that group? Raise your hand, even though you might have put some color in it. <laughs> even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me. Have you ever felt in your years, Lord, where are you? I'm going through this all by myself. And what we realize is we may be, we may be uh, alone, but we're not alone. Amen. My God, have you prayed, my God? Till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Everybody in this room is responsible to declare his mighty acts to all those that would come along. All of us are called to be a witness of his power and his presence. All of us. These folks that led worship this morning, fantastic. Fantastic. Our students and children were in here to hear the worship to hear how God moves in people's lives. Uh, these, these folks that were leading, fantastic. Uh, just so marvelous. Fantastic. Because our responsibility is to make sure we leave a legacy. We must leave a legacy, and here's the point to it. What we live, we will leave. The challenge of the Holy Spirit, personally feel, walking it through with the pastor and his wife, but walking it through with the pastor is, what about the next generation? My challenge to you, when I received Christ when I was 15 years old, I uh, received Christ in my front, front porch July 1971, over 50 years ago, coming on over 50 years ago. And I, it changed my life. The people that brought me to church was a part of my life, changed my life. The things that I learned, the things that... But every, everything about a child's life, when their life is changed... Their whole future has changed. Please get this statement. Change a child's life and everything changes. If you want to write down something in your Bible, if you're writing your Bible, I recommend you to. If you don't have one, get one you can. Psalm 7118, when a child's life changes, everything changes. You're going to hear me say that over and over again. Because I believe what the Holy Spirit is saying to churches like ours, it'll soon be 100 years old in September. I was really interesting because a guy asked me the other day, he said, now, how long has Grace Church been together? I said, 100 years. He said, did you start it? (laughs) No, 
Uh, I feel weathered, maybe I did, but not really. <laughs> I really did. I didn't start it. Uh, I've had to restart it a few times, but not really started it, which is a fantastic bunch of people. But when we look into the future, it is about this. When a child's life changes, everything changes. Leah, who is here, her dad, Pastor McMaster, who was my pastor and the pastor of the church there is pastor, he taught us, he released me when I was there with our youth to do some extraordinary things that were not common for the church at that time. We started to do those uncommon things, and it started to break a little ice. He got out on a little thin ice with me, and I started to watch how he was leading and then we would take the youth group that way. And then we all began to declare 1 Corinthians 1.10, that we were all speaking the same thing, that there are what? Be no divisions among us. I want to share with you that our greatest responsibility right now is to join with your pastor's wife to the leadership, our elders and their families, is that how can we effectively lead the next generation in such a way? But what I've learned is that we need to lead three generations down. If we're just thinking about our kids, and hopefully they have grandkids, Hey, that whole gig, how many of you are great-grandparents? Wow. I want to live long enough. I'm not pushing you to in the, in the right time, the right place. Is the next generation, that whole great-grandchildren. When we think about reaching three generations down, when we think about getting ourselves to church, getting our kids there, being a part of it, where can I help out? Where can I just stand in the gap? It is about this faith in Jesus Christ. It is about following him all the way. It is that when we touch a generation and then the next generation, the next generation, when a child's life changes, everything changes. And these points I want to share with you is this. The first one, number one, for note note, uh, takers. Sorry, I don't have any notes for you, but this will get you a little energetic to write them down. Their purpose in life changes. When we see our kids, I remember when when our first grandchild Finley came out, and we just started to have those things where you had touch screens on your phone and touch screens. What's interesting about our grandkids, they don't hesitate to say, what's your credit card number? I want to buy this. Be careful, because they memorize it then, or they lock it in there to be memorized, especially when they have their own phone, you know. But when we look at this challenge of there is a purpose in life changes, their purpose, purpose in life changes. I remember Finley coming up to our TV, seeing this big screen in our front room, and seeing something there. He was like two or three, and he'd touch it and go like this, and nothing would happen. That everything was starting to change in his life. That when he would touch it, it needed to change. That when he would move that way, it needed to change. They want change. They don't want it the way we have it, but they do want the presence of God resting on them. They do want a happy face that will say hi to them. They do want somebody to come up and say, I'm praying for you to be a minister, a pastor, a missionary. I'm praying for you to be an engineer. I'm praying for you to be a lawyer, a doctor, a carpenter, a mechanic. I'm praying for you to be a tree trimmer guy. I'm praying for you all those things because I'm praying for you to represent Jesus Christ. Because when a child's life changes, everything changes about that person. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, right down out of the Message Bible. So here it is, what I want you to do with God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering and embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Pause. 
parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, guardians, foster parents, what are we doing that says to the next generation that I wasn't even thinking when I did that? I know I have done some things. We got to come back to the God kind of thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. The endeavor of CCC is that people are changed from the inside out, no matter what age. But the challenge for this group here is we're all like a bunch of teenagers. We really need God to help us to reach the next three generations down. We need to say kind words, loving words, encouraging words. We need to speak health and life. We need to say, hello, how are you? Not just walk by them. Hello, how are you? It will literally make them feel wanted. For some kids right now, it makes them a little bit uncomfortable because they're not used to people doing that all the time. Well, don't please don't come up to you and say, I've been doing that all my life. Don't defend it. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Amen? Here's the second one. Their power to resist temptation changes. When a, when a child's life changes, everything changes. Say it with me. When a child's life changes, everything changes. Live a life intentionally. It is about the best thing that I can do. And the best thing that happens to me is that I learned and I'm watching everything that I do to say, Lord, how can I make a good impression? How can I touch him? We read out of the book of Judges where we see Gideon. He gets a little afraid because the children of Israel would sin. God would send them into suffering. They cry out and God would send them to deliver. Here we see Gideon. He's thrashing wheat by a wine press. And here comes the voice of the Lord. The angel of the Lord comes and speaks to him and says, Get up, you mighty, you mighty man of valor. What would it be like if we said to our kids that are living in free, fear, get up, you mighty man of valor. We used to pray over our daughter, Jamie, 1 Timothy 1.7. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We used to pray that over her, tell her every day before she'd go to bed, off to school. We would say to her, you, God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Gideons of that generation, God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. They need to hear it and see it from all of us. We need to say, God, develop the spring back into my step. If I can't do it physically, let me emotionally, spiritually be able to show that I have the spring in my step. Well, I'm getting a little older. Thank God you're getting older because there's only one alternative. Does anybody know what it is? It's dying. Then they decide whether you go in a box or a little crate like this. They decide all that. It is now decide for yourself. We are going to make a difference. Because when a child's life changes, everything changes. Amen? It really comes down to you and I. Pam, testimony, my wife. God kept me through all those times. He preserved me through all those times. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. Matthew 19, 14 is this. Jesus said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That doesn't mean just let them run wild. That just means let's not get a critical spirit towards them. I encourage you to get involved in ministry that reaches from students in high school all the way to newborn. But here's the criteria. You need to love Jesus. You need to listen to instruction. And you cannot be a grouch. Save that for your spouse. (laughs) They're used to you being grouchy. Come with a smile. The smile, well, when I was a kid, they would, okay, you were a kid 60 years ago. 
Thank God. You're not buried. You're not dead. You're alive. Let's be real about this. But there's something about when a child's life changes. Everything changes. When you're driving those kids, there's a few children here, and I look at them, they inspire me, that when their life is changed, everything changes. Everything changes. Their purpose, the power of, 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 to resist temptation is number two, the power to resist temptation. They resist it. They move forward. They say, hey, God said he will not hold us back. Here's the third one. Their perspective for eternity changes. Their perspective for eternity changes in such a way. This one's going to be a little longer because they get it from us. You say, well, they're not doing right just now. Do you remember what Paul said to the church? That when we lead somebody or we give some of the gospel, what? It will not return void. Amen. Pam and I were here. We did something we've never done before. With Here we were up. Uh, we're in Clearwater staying with our daughter. Her husband is an assistant pastor, associate pastor at the church there. They're kind of responsible for everything from the cradle to the grave, if you will. And uh, so we wanted to go. My wife is an avid scuba diver. I endure it. She loves it. Now our grandson is loving it, which is fine. He can have my turn, and I'll act interested and go sit on the boat and help him in and out. And so my wife has always wanted to find a shark tooth. Has anybody here ever found a shark tooth? God bless you. Did you get one of those Magnolon ones or whatever it's called, a big giant? What do they call that? Oh, man. I, we, we need a, she wants to find a Don tooth. Let's just call it that. Magda Don? Magda Don. Okay, Don. And so she wants to find this tooth. And so when we, we go, we have a great time, we enjoy it, changes perspective, changes purpose, purpose, changes all those things. But the beauty of it is this. We're spending time with our grandson, we're spending time with our granddaughter, we're doing grandparents. I want to give you a little ch- challenge. I just whispered to my uh, daughter, I said, I'm going to ask Remy if I could have the Bible that her and Finley use and take notes for a year in it and then give it to them when it's all done. Let me give you a little advice. If you think it, ink it. If you think it, post it in your phone under notes. Remy, this is what the Lord dealt with me today, to the point. Finley, this is what the Lord spoke to me today for you. If you ink it, if you think it, ink it. I heard a guy say that one time. Write it down. We want to be able to hand our children one of the greatest things, and that is our thoughts for them. Now, you can do it for your kids, which is good, but there's nothing like a grandparent doing it. Because now all those things you kids say to your, say to your grandkids, you look at them and you're just very happy because you knew that day would come. <laughs> now, when you say it, it has great wisdom. When you, their parents say it, it's, ah, it's a little rough. It's more volume because when they heard it, they thought there was somebody was yelling at them. Far be it for me that I would yell at my, my daughter when she was little. So the third one is this perspective. What is perspective? The whole culture changes. When we used to, right now, kids watch from three to five hours worth of social media. They really don't watch TV a whole lot. They watch a lot of social media. I went to a restaurant the other day. Please do not try this. And everybody, the six people were in the family were all on their phones. We're all guilty of it. We're on our phones, and uh, they're just talking to their phone, looking at their phone, FaceTiming this one. And I'd walk by, and I said, could you call me so I could be a part of the conversation? You guys are having fun. And they go, 
I was at, uh, I was sitting there drinking coffee, and this lady, when the hostess came by, and she said, and I had my phone out. She said, sir, could I ask you a question? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, could you help me with my iPhone? I said, ma'am, I, I don't, uh, I'm not that good at it. I have limited apps. I'm not that good at it at all. I'm learning. By the time I learn it, they change it again. And then my kids, my daughter wants me to get a different one. I'm an Android guy. Now they got me this iPhone. And iPhones are, you know, they're a pain. But. And so she says, she, says, she, she says to me, well, I need some help. I said, my daughter and grandkids will be here. One's eight, one's 12, and one's a mom. They will fix that thing to where it'll just literally. They came, she came with her phone, the waitress. Like, sets it down. I'll be right back. Comes back. What do I do? Here it is. Oh, thank you. We get so excited about it. But their whole world, their perspective has changed. How much time do we spend with all that? So I catch myself, and my grandkids can't use this against me, but I catch myself kind of getting on to them. Come on, we're here. Talk to us. We want to hang out with you. We want to talk to you. We want to hang out with you. So they do. But you know what? The other day I started to see, started to think, slide into the time they're not. And then they'll see my interest in them. They'll take minutes away from being on their phone or on their electric device. Hello? Their perspective has changed so much. They do schoolwork. They have buds in school. They're, they're doing all that. Come on now. It really comes down to they're trying to, in the world we're living today, you talk about respect, perspective is really trying to take away all the godliness that we've learned over the years, and they won't get it by us nagging it. And it's really been revealed through the pandemic. About when we first came March, somebody said to me, our staff, we drove back March the 14th. We drove back to our church. We met with the staff, and I said two things. One, it's going going to attack seniors because of wisdom. The next one is it's going to cause confusion among young people and children. And they they looked at me. I said, that's what's going to happen because it's going to disrupt everything about us. If we're not looking three generations down, here's the, the first one is faith culture conditioning. So I want to say, say the word to them. The second one is adult vacuum. Here's where it comes down to. The Z generation, how many of you have Z generation in your home? Hold on a second. They were born from 1995 to 2015. They're from age 6 to 26. How many of you all have that group in your Here's what happens to them. Two-thirds of them, the ones that do go to church, two-thirds of them. I don't like these confessions, but it's what the study shows. Two-thirds of them will not be in church when they're able to get out of it. We need to make church so much fun that they hear kind words, that they hear things said to them. We need to make church so alive that when they come here, and what's really beautiful about it is, let me tell you about your church. I critique my own. Had somebody at the desk waiting for people to come in. Sign them in. You're wanted. I heard people talking to these children. I don't know if they were theirs or not, but they were talking to them. You're going to capture those kids. It's how long will you do it? I asked Miss Leah to take us for a tour of the children's. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. She started to share about what's coming up Wednesday night, which you'll be hearing about it. She started to talk about uh, Palm Sunday because it's a big deal where you have two services. Or Easter, you have two services. I'm going to tell you, what we do on Easter at our church is the potential growth that our church really has. 
You say, well, there's a lot of people, snowbirds come here. Thank God for the snowbirds. But the beauty of it is there's a, whole, there's a thousand people a day moving here. They're not going anywhere. They're here to eat all your fish up from you. And so with that in mind is, so they're coming to stay. So the, so the whole snowbird thing is, is excuses over because they're coming to get, they're coming to stay here. They need you to have two services on Sunday morning. Do you know how much work that is? All, but it's our mission. If you could give a, if you could plan out to give like 300 hours a year and start doing it. If everybody started looking at 320 hours a year, how they, well, that sounds a lot, but you piece it out. Very practical message this morning is this. 85 for the, 85% of people accept Christ before it's 14. From 14 to 18, only 4%. I'm in that group. At age 19, 6%. 19 and above. For you and I, it really takes us to start to say, if every child could taste our church, they'd want to come back for more. But it's going to take more workers. A lot more workers. Now, these are the people we don't want to do it. But you can be, get saved and change. If you're grouchy, cantankerous, mean-looking, stand there like this. We're going to get you saved. But it's going to be one where you get a smile on your face. And then within 60 days of you being involved, and that's only like an hour, an hour and a half a week. Within 60 days, your, parent, your family, your own kids are going to say, what happened to mom? What happened to dad? Are they on medical marijuana? What happened to them? They have really changed. What is going on? They're smiling. Look at them. What is going on? Where we're teenagers. We like romance. We like being with each other. We like talking to each other. Here's the third one under number three. Not only is it faith, culture, conditioning, an adult vacuum. We need adults to be involved, to be there, to be a part. The last one is here, non-kid friendly. Is our facility kid friendly? Is what they see kid friendly? Do they want to come back? You say, well, we didn't have to have, yeah, but we kicked cans down the street when we were kids. We'd put string with buttons and, and cans and talk to each other 10 feet away. Hey, can you hear me? No, speak a little louder. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. It's a different world. Just a different world. This is how I listen to my phone now, like this. I, people call me. Everything blocks out. I put them on there. I don't get them lost. I even put a clip when I get in public. I can put a clip back there because I can see somebody taking it and running. Because these were 99 bucks. Don't be messing with my red phones, because I'll catch you. I ran a marathon a few years ago. Here's the beauty of it is, when we change, when a child changes, everything changes. This church will totally change. Let me commend you on this, the leadership people of this church. You were inconvenienced there for a while. You haven't serviced back in the fellowship hall, which is a nice one. Pam and I came by. They were transforming this whole new uh, building really doing a great, you did a wonderful job. Let's give him a hand. I wasn't asked to say this, and pastors are allowed to say, no, we're not. But it would be great to have a gigantic screen back here. You know why? That would be kid-friendly. If you all got TVs in your house, how many of y'all have TVs in your house? 
How many have them in your bedroom? How many fall asleep with it on? Now, you'll fall asleep because you're used to it, a big screen TV, but those kids will stay awake. When we look at this, here's a challenge, because this is the words we want our kids to learn. God God made me. God loves me. Jesus wants to be my friend forever. God made me. God loves me. Jesus wants to be my friend forever. God made me. God loves me. Jesus wants to be my friend forever. Hey, God loves you. Do you know that God made you? Three generations down. Not a message that you're going to jump over pews about, but I really think we need to bring this thing back down to what can live outside these doors. And as we bring it back here, it becomes so practical. Now the question is, in our own values, will we champion three generations down ministry here? Are we going to, and thank you for all the people that help. If you have ever in this church, or if you've ever in the body of Christ, work with children, help with children, gave snacks to children, painted a room for children, uh, greeted children and their parents, anything that has to do with children, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Because when a child's life changes, everything changes. When a child's life changes. This church literally could be two services duplicating two crowds this size. Pick it. You can do it. Because the heritage that is in this, the legacy that's in this church speaks volume. You say, well, I'm getting too tired. I'm getting to do what you can. Rest for the next chance you get a chance to do it. Like for Pam and uh, for, for my girls that come up. When a child's life changes, when we change the, when we change the child, the children's ministry changes the church, and we see them grow up, and they'll not settle for anything less than what God wants for them. They'll not settle for anything that does not work, does not make it happen. It is about culture. Gets, the culture gets changed within them. It is about seeing God do some fantastic things within their life. Let's, let's pray before Pastor comes. Uh, I don't know how much time I had, but I wanted to. I got to thinking, boy, you know what? The longer we go, the more the children's people have to come up with ideas and that. So let's honor them. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that this will sink down in the soul of the future of this church, that when a child's life changes, everything changes. When we start doing things, whether it's a dinner, whether it's a get-together, whatever it's in, that doesn't mean not have guidelines. That means have guidelines, have training, have all those things. But, God, let us be able to do what we do effectively and not keep piling on more, but, God, grow with it. I pray, God, that you would touch each person that is here, that the Spirit of the Lord would minister to them. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would just touch them and give them grace and understanding. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would do what, what you can do in a heart that's surrendered to you. Because when a child's life changes, everything changes. And Lord, I ask you to touch each parent, each grandparent, great-grandparent, foster parent, adopted parents, uh, God, guardians, that we will see the glory made manifest in all their lives because they want the presence of God. And we claim three generations down in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
ever go in my office, there on the wall is uh, round wood with a tree in the middle. And uh, I specifically chose that for one very important reason. When we came here over five years ago, it was February, five years ago, so February, five years ago, we came and we were right over here waiting to be introduced and to minister. And uh, Leah kind of leaned over to me and she kind of said, well, what do you think? And I said, there are very deep roots in this church. And when I went back home and was talking to my pastor, Pastor Wes, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm praying about this. The job's being offered to me. They're going to vote. And I knew you guys loved me well enough to vote me in. So it was just a <laughs> foregone conclusion at that point. I'm like, I'm in like Flynn on this one, you know. I'm, those people love me. But he said, go, go put your hands down in that soil. And what Jesus said to us is that we would bear fruit that remains. And when I came here, I said, Lord, this, what you do here is going to reach down from generation to generation to generation to generation. This church has been existence in some form in this area since the 20s, y'all. So we're actually coming up on 100 years in some form in this area. This, this place has fostered a move of the Holy Spirit that has brought in some of your grandparents, some of your great-grandparents, some of the people down here on this river. And I just want to say today, God is just getting started. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise today and thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him. And I honestly want to just say this. It's on my heart. Um, there have been so many that have sacrificed over all the years to get Christian Center Church to where it is today. I just want to say to you from my heart, we honor you today. Let's praise God for people. We all stand on somebody else's shoulders, and we all minister in that way. So our heart is to reach. I love what, what Pastor Hal brought today. God is a tri-generational God. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's who he is. And it says our children will be fruitful vines around the table, around the table of community here that we can take what God has done in our life and pass it down and pass it down. There are tremendous roots in this church. And God says he saves the best fruit for last. So I'm believing good things. Lift your hands with me today. I want to bless you as your pastor. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your many and most abundant blessings upon this congregation today. Father, may they be blessed going in. And may they be blessed today as they go out. May they be blessed in their homes and blessed on their work sites. Father, I pray that your precious, awesome, wonderful face would turn towards these folks and you would give them peace and mercy and rest. And God, the goodness and mercy shall follow them as they leave here until we come back together at the appointed time. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. Let's give Pastor Howe and his family another.